Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And welcome to episode 323 of Guitar Radio. I am back this week with... How are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you doing? Uh, I'm kind of tired because I was at Wales Comic Con in Telford all weekend, but I'm surviving. I'm here. So, good. Good. Uh, so what have you been up to the last few weeks? Watched quite a bit of TV over the over the weekend. One of the shows I finished was Sex Education season three, which mm-hmm. has been renewed for its fourth season. Yeah, just as good as before, if not even better with this season. I'm not going to get into like too many spoilers or anything, but they get into sort of trying to change to a, a sex positive school uh, right. with one of the goals sort of being like that we don't shame people and that that's kind of like the main plot line of season two and they've got a new headmaster. So that's really interesting. Lots of different kind of relationship things going on as well, but not in the sort of CW teen type of way. Uh, <laughs> handled much more sort of maturely than that. Not that that's always bad, but you know, the, the CW, you know, YA thing's got a particular way of doing that. But very much handled in more of a, a mature way, along with some really, really good writing, some quite emotional scenes as well. Just fantastic characters. I, I think maybe my favourite character from the show is probably Eric, Otis's main friend. He just has so much charisma. He's never afraid to sort of be who he is. Obviously, he's a, he's a black gay man, so obviously that comes with certain things as well. But um, he goes through a great sort of arc this season as well, particularly with his family and that kind of thing. So that's really good. And there's a particular... Have you have you seen this? Uh... I haven't. I haven't watched any of it yet. It's one of my okay. list of things that I need to get to. There's a particular coach trip that's really quite funny and quite wild, but in like a fun way. But uh, no, it's just really, really good. And it's eight episodes. They're about an hour each. A very, very good watch. Uh, really, really strong series. One point to always note is when you've got such sort of like potentially heavy storylines or sensitive storylines that involve those types of complicated topics your writing's really got to be top notch mm-hmm. otherwise it could start to fall apart a little bit but er- everything was just so good directing writing acting you know everything was just great so thoroughly enjoyed that third season so that was a uh, really good tried the I, th- I think this is called the shrink next door yes, the, it is. the, the yeah. new the new uh, apple tv plus show with uh will ferrell uh the woman that plays agatha on Catherine han she's in the show 
Uh, you've got Will Ferrell and you've got uh, Paul Rudd. Uh, he's this uh, therapist. They have this like flashback sequence and then present day and then sort of flash forward, whatever they're doing, flashing forward or backward. There's two different time sort of periods. And one of them's kind of like a little bit confusing and it's kind of like supposed to be a bit mysterious as to what's like why a char- character is acting a certain way. And then they cut back to, I suppose, it's meant to be present time. And they show the process of Will Ferrell's character meeting Paul Rudd, um, the woman in the show as well. She is Will Ferrell's uh, sister. So you've got that kind of going on there. They're running this like curtain workshop and Will Ferrell's character ends up getting this like panic attack because of something. And then he bumps into Paul Rudd's character. That kind of introduces the the therapist element of the show. <laughs> it was pretty good, about 35 minutes for the first episode. I've only seen the, the first one, but um, that's... That's the basic kind of setup. I really quite enjoyed it so far. I'm looking forward to going back to, to some more of it. I just didn't quite have time yesterday to do that. But have you seen any of this yet? I haven't started it yet. It is a, another one which I've managed to finish a few things off this week. So it's one that I'm looking to go to onto next. I'm not the biggest Will Ferrell fan, but I do quite like Paul Rudd. And yeah. uh, bizarrely, it's based on a true story. And it seems utterly ridiculous for being a true story because it's basically about Paul Rudd being this psychiatrist or psychologist who implants and sort of takes over the life of Will Ferrell's character and sort of inserts himself into that life and ends up getting way more involved than any therapist ever should. So I think it's based on a podcast which is based off a sort of true crime kind of story sort of thing. Catherine Han is the sister of Will Ferrell's character and then Casey Wilson plays Bonnie who is the wife of Paul Rudd's character. It was very good. I think there's four episodes out so far because there's three that came out last week and then obviously there's been another Friday since then. So that yeah. was, uh, that's been quite good. Got up to episode five of American Horror Story season 10. I was reading up something about what happened in the episode. Obviously, I won't get into that. Um, and then it said that the season is six episodes, which is really unusual for American Horror short, Story. Yeah. So apparently next week is the, the this Wednesday coming up is the uh, season finale. If you have an 18 rated show and it's called American Horror Story, you can certainly expect some uh, pretty crazy things to happen. There's a lot of times in this season where a character will have the idea of doing something really dark. And I mean, really, really dark involving like, let's just say younger people. Mm-hmm. Don't want to put too much context into it because it will get into kind of spoilers. And then you'll think, no, you're not going to go do that, are you? That would be really, really dark and then they go to attempt to do something and it's like wow okay but again it it kind of all if you like saw the episodes and stuff it makes sense within the context and the story of this season long story short for kind of the the setup it's about this uh dad mum and this daughter they go out to this like middle of nowhere kind of town sort of this ghost town thing and uh he's got this writer's block he's trying to be like a script writer and that the mum is trying to do this i think it's this curtain job that she's doing and the daughter's trying to learn how to play violin so they all have like specific talents they're trying to get good at and this person comes along and he introduces this black pill to the the dads and how this pill kind of works is you take the pill and then your creativity just kind of like completely flows like he starts writing loads and loads of scripts mm-hmm. but the only downside to it anybody that takes it gets a bloodlust right. so it works itself from there i'm not going to say who else gets to take this pill or, or, or whatever but it's mainly about the dad him trying to navigate this uh, maybe quite awkward double life of trying to get blood from different places and trying to be like a working dad working on these scripts and like there's a few sort of lines and plot lines about him working with netflix and all, the, all this kind of stuff as well mm-hmm. but yeah they've had five 
five episodes. They've done some particularly dark things this season, but again, <laughs> it's American Horror Story, so I'm not shocked. It's more just sort of, wow, okay, you did go there with that, but then it makes sense with, mm-hmm. with all the context around everything. So yeah, again, if you're going to watch a show called American Horror Story, it, that that's some of the... Uh, and if, you know, it's, we're into season 10, the show's not new. There's even like a spinoff now as well. So Ryan Murphy is used to these kind of dark ideas, I suppose. Uh, but it's pretty good so far. And it's interesting with the six episodes. We'll see how it wraps up on uh, on Wednesday. So that's been quite good. <laughs> and yeah, I just wanted to ask you how you're getting on with Zoe's uh, playlist. That's uh, my last I'm, I'm still loving it. It's up to uh, with the last one I saw was Zoe's Extraordinary Birthday, which is episode eight. So slightly over halfway, maybe at the moment. And uh, that, that was a great episode. You know, things are kind of moving along. I'm looking forward to being able to get to the end and then watch the um, Christmas special thing that's coming on December 1st onto Roku so um, cool. but yeah it's I'm loving this season and uh, I just hope that Roku decide to carry on and do more of it afterwards as well they've been really promoting it a lot on Twitter not that that speaks to if they're going to do a third season but that's just a good sign so yeah. they've even started doing this like 12 days of Zoe's Christmas or something <laughs> and like Lionsgate have gotten involved and Roku have gotten involved so it looks like things are going well with that so yeah alright that's kind of what I've been up to how about yourself well as I said I'm a little bit exhausted because I was mm-hmm. at Wales Comic Con in Telford all weekend lots of amazing panels some great cosplay as well there will be some videos going up I hope certainly I recorded the Cosplay Masquerade. That's definitely will go out at some point. For cosplay fans, you'll be able to go and see that. In terms of the other panels, uh, John Barrowman was there who did a panel with a bunch of the Torchwood cast and also did a sort of evening with where he was wearing an absolutely fabulous TARDIS dress for, for that panel. It was brilliant. Mm. He was wonderful throughout. Those panels definitely won't be going online because John, with everything he's gone through in the last sort of nine months, obviously doesn't want any panels going out that could be taken it out of context or anything like that with all the other trouble he's got so none of his stuff is going online there were some other people there as well Mark Shepard who I think most people will know is Crowley from Supernatural but he's been in just a million other things Battlestar Galactica he's popped up in Doctor Who and Mark's always wonderful to hear talk he was great there was a Doctor Who panel which was Peter Davis and Colin Baker Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann who were utterly hilarious and just delightful those four together were great. There was a charmed panel with Holly Marie Coombs and Brian Krauss. They play Piper and Leo on the original Charmed series. There was sort of the husband and wife, and they still bicker right. like husband and wife. It's really <laughs> funny. They were just wonderful. She's very dry and sarcastic, and uh, they were they were just great fun. I really enjoyed that panel as well. Middle Earth panel with Sean Austin, Billy Boyd, and John Rhys Davis, which was I think partly because John was there the longest paddle out of the lot I think that was really funny because it was it was literally they hadn't seen each other in a few years so I don't think anybody really asked a question they literally just sat the three of them down introduced them and then the three of them just talked to each other for 40 minutes it, it was it was just <laughs> wonderful and it was like just 
sat watching mm. three friends like discuss things there were a couple of questions maybe in there but generally i mean it was just the three of them talking to each other so that was really lovely there was a buffy angel panel with charisma carpenter and james masters who again they were great a stargate panel with joe flanagan michael shanks and david nylick i think his name is who played dr radic on atlantis joe was obviously the lead on atlantis and michael shanks was one of the leads on sg1 they were really fun and they were just bouncing off each other they were really good so those were all the panels in terms of other guests that were there red dead redemption 2 guys were there again um they were at mcm recently but so because they've all been quite close together i think a lot of people have come over and have like done this show they were doing mcm there was a liverpool con last weekend as well so the bunch of them have been up and done that so they've been bouncing around the country doing different conventions because they've been like one a week red dead redemption 2 guys were at this paul blackthorne from arrow there was a bunch of random star wars people veronica taylor who is the main voice of uh, pokemon the ruby caster there random will meller from two pints of lago was there michelle collins from eastenders mark addy from game of thrones was there as well so they were all sort of doing selfies and autographs and all that stuff randomly ryan hurst popped up on the sunday and ryan hurst shouldn't have been there he should have been at lfcc london film comic con in london but from what I can tell, there seems to have been some sort of disagreement over the price that LFCC wanted to charge for autographs and selfies. And there was some sort of disagreement with LFCC over stuff. I don't know whether that's true or not. That's just the stuff that people have been posting online. But for whatever reason, there seems to have been some falling out between Ryan and LFCC. And he basically went, well, screw you guys. I'm going to Wales Comic Con instead. So uh, he just upped and left because and there were photographs and stuff booked because there was a bunch of Sons of Anarchy guys down at LFCC and there were supposed to be group photographs booked with Ryan and a bunch of the other guys and Ryan decided that he didn't like the way he's been treated apparently and came up to Wales instead. So... I mean, lovely to see him, but I do rather feel a bit sorry for people that were kind of had photographs and things booked for him on Sunday down at London, and then suddenly he announces he's going to be in Telford instead. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, great for us, because we're up there, but little weird, you know. So, anyway, he was there. As I say, hopefully there will be videos from some of those panels going up online at some point in the not-too-distant future. I'm just trying to work out with the con exactly what's okay to post and what isn't and all that sort of stuff. So they will be going up at some point. In TV-wise, The Lost Symbol, which landed on Sky Max over here, which uh, is actually a Peacock show, but weirdly, although Peacock launched it, didn't launch as part of Peacock. It launched a few days afterwards and on Sky Max instead. But anyway, it's uh, that that's the adaptation of the the Dan Brown thing. The story basically follows a younger version of Robert Langdon, who is hired by the CIA to solve a bunch of like deadly puzzles, as Robert Langdon sort of goes on to do, after his mentor has been kidnapped or has gone missing. And his mentor is played by Eddie Izzard. It's Ashley Zuckerman from Succession who plays Langdon in this. That's the sort of basic setup for it. It's really well put together. I'm about halfway through at the moment, so I've been very much enjoying the episodes so 
so far. I actually interviewed two of the cinematographers on that show. Uh, so they'll be going out on the Behind the Scenes podcast. And one of the cinematographers is also one of the directors of the episodes as well. They also work on Titans, interestingly. A lot of the Titans team also work on the Lost Symbol behind the scenes. So a lot of behind the scenes crew are the same, which is bizarre, but that seems mm. to be the case. Because it's all shot up in Vancouver and of course both shows are shot up in Vancouver. Have you caught any of this yet? No, I haven't uh, been able to yet. I basically jumped from uh, Good Girl Season 4 onto uh, Sex Education Season 3. Right, yeah. I would say it is definitely worth watching. The puzzles are quite nice and well put together. It's really beautifully shot. I mean, they've done a lovely job. It's got a very particular style to it, and and, and that works really, really well. I was worried it may just feel a bit like a CBS procedural, but it definitely feels like something above that. Got a bit more weight behind it and it's far more interesting than than your sort of you know run-of-the-mill kind of procedural thing i think they've done a really nice job with it it's 10 episodes in the first season it is all available to stream on sky and now tv right now so you can go and watch it and then i mean they're running it out weekly on sky max as well but it is all up there if you want to go and binge through it as a box set the other thing that i watched was uh, tiger king 2 because that is back for another season and um that's really interesting it's only five episodes this time around and you did wonder where they were going to go with it because i mean of course joe exotic who is the main person behind it is in prison so you do wonder where they were going to go with the second season because it can't really follow joe directly because he's not really gone anywhere you know so the second season does focus a little bit more on the other people that are on the outside with a conversation with Joe via the phone in prison with him kind of adding bits and pieces in and sort of almost narrating and introducing bits in some ways with his thoughts on sort of what has been going on. So it does follow his case and things moving forward, but also does a lot more about the other characters. So there is a quite a deep dive in the second episode into uh, Carol Baskin's husband and his disappearance and more about that side of things. It deals a lot more with Jeff Lowe, who was the person who allegedly set Joe up. There's a lot more stuff about that and what happens to them moving forward. It introduces a couple of other people as well. Very, very interesting. If you like the first Tiger King, this is just very much a continuation of that. It's not quite as crazy and manic as the first one, although there are there are still some pretty mental things in this as well. I'm quite interested to see where it goes, you know, and whether mm. they come back with a sort of Tiger King 3. I'm sure they will if they can find some way of kind sure. of doing more in the case museum. surely it's a little bit limited as to like you can't how many seasons of this thing can you do well uh, yeah because eventually i would hope it resolves itself because there are ongoing investigations still into various people that are involved in it joe is still protesting his innocence and is still trying to sort of get out of course uh, um of course <laughs> i don't know how much more you could do unless there is some sort of major change in the status of joe like he manages he does manage to get out or he manages to get some of the charges dropped or whatever that is so i i don't know where how long has he been in prison for because i don't know three years i think he's been in now oh really quite recent then yeah i mean he'd only just been locked up i think prior to the original tiger king coming out so yeah it's very bingeable still 
I mean, it's very much got one of those things where they're very clever in the way it's constructed. In the last sort of five minutes of the episode, it sort of teases where they're going to go with the next episode. And you're like, oh, I need to see this. (laughs) It's like, press play on the next one. So you do find your way of bridging (laughs) through it. I also find it interesting how, I mean, Netflix probably did this because of how big the first season blew up. (laughs) But second season doesn't seem to have done that at all. I mean, I completely kind of forgot that it came out until you put it in in these notes whereas before like most tv facebook groups i was in and it you know everything like that facebook different people posting about it and it was like all over the place this season just seems to have kind of like i I didn't know it actually came out this time so Mm -hmm. i just wonder how netflix would be looking at that but then if the numbers are still good but the, the social media aspect is a bit quieter then maybe they'll continue it but as i kind of said before like how how long can you actually keep this going exactly yeah i mean i I think there is probably i don't know whether there's a third season in it but i think there is probably maybe a a sort of two hour wrap-up movie thing that you could possibly do um but it, it very much depends you know they're sort of up to date at the moment by the end of the fifth episode it's kind of got to the point where they are up to date with where everything is as far as i can tell so it's sort of a case of there needs to be more happened before they could make more about it because you know you are dealing with real life cases and there needs to be some movement on that before you could actually kind of do any more on it and i mean as i i'm sure a lot of people are aware the first one just landed at the right time it was after people had been locked down people had kind of binged through things already they were looking for things to watch and that just was a wonderful piece of escapism and that's why it went down so well the first time so i i think that's probably why you're not seeing the second season around as much as maybe you did in the first season mm, yeah but there's certainly if you enjoyed the first season the second season is definitely definitely worth watching it is a continuation as i say not quite as bonkers as the first season but it's still very interesting and particularly the second episode i thought which was all about don who is um carol's missing husband i thought was particularly interesting okay other than that there were the finales for the morning show and foundation foundation being the adaptation of the isaac asimov novels i mean i'm not going to even try and explain the plot for that it's a really really good series and it's very very well crafted and well written because it is one of those books that you look at and think this shouldn't be filmable because it jumps through time there are characters that kind of seemingly die and come back and there's a lot of space travel timey wiminess you've got yeah i'm not going to even try and explain it but there's there's so much stuff going on in there and it does a great job in being able to hold it together so well you do feel like you're kind of clinging on by your fingertips sometimes of following the story but they do a really good job in explaining things but it's not something you can kind of half watch while you're playing on your phone it is something you need to focus on it's a really well-crafted sci-fi it looks incredible i don't know how much they spent on it but i would definitely urge you to go and watch foundation on apple tv plus particularly i mean if you like the asimov novels i think you're probably going to be quite happy with what they did i think it's been a pretty reasonable adaptation as i say i mean you would look at it and think the 
this shouldn't work at all, but they've done a really good job with it. So if you like sci-fi, it's a decent, high-quality sci-fi that's well worth watching on Apple TV. Morning Show also came to a conclusion this week as well. Are you up to date on that? I've got just the finale left to watch, yeah. but it's been pretty crazy leading up to the finale. Because I remember last time we talked, I was like a few episodes behind, so I went and got caught up. Mm. But that's been fantastic this season. It's been superb once again this season. I don't want to give any spoilers away for anything that happens this season, but if you've not caught the morning show yet, it is definitely a really good drama, well worth watching. And there's some wonderful performances in the second season. I think I mentioned previously there is a really good car ride between Jennifer Anderson's character and the guy that plays Chip, I think it is, who is a producer. And uh, there is a, an argument they have in the car, which is really one of my favourite scenes out of that entire season because it's just so well played of sort of heartbreakingly tragic but hilariously funny at the same time. I really, really think they've done an amazing job with that. I It deserves the awards it gets thrown at it, most definitely. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that because I, I don't know whether it officially has been renewed yet, but it will be. I mean, it'll come back. Um, there's no way it won't. The Apple TV, knocking it out of the park again, as usual. Yeah, still watching things like Dickinson and uh, what's it called, Invasion. I tell you what, not this week's episode of Invasion, the one before was unbelievably intense. <laughs> it yes. Was, it was brilliant, so I've been really enjoying that as well. That's on my list of things I need to get to. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I just I, want it to be renewed. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see, because it's one of those things that I suspect was quite expensive to make, and I don't know how much traction that particular show has got, so we'll have to wait and see with that so that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations, and pickups. There is one cancellation this week, which is The Sinner, which was the, I think it's Jessica Beale that stars in that. It's a four season show, it's Netflix internationally, and uh, that has been cancelled after four seasons. It does seem to have been a cancellation because the full season was airing and it was about four episodes from the end and they announced it wasn't coming back. So I think that's a cancellation rather than them actually concluding it. And that's an anthology show. I believe. It is. It certainly started out I've, as an I've, anthology. I've so. seen the first two seasons, yeah, and they were both anthology. I never got round to the third season, though. Uh, I think that was also a different story. So, in mm-hmm. which case, it doesn't matter that they've cancelled that after four seasons. I mean, other than if you enjoyed it, but um, <laughs> it, 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 story-wise, it should wrap up at the end of the fourth season. In terms of renewals and Netflix, again, they've renewed Arcane, which is the League of Legends video game prequel thing, animated series. They've apparently renewed that for a second season, so that seems to have gone down quite well in pickups and other news marvel's hit monkey which we actually had on the list last week for airing at some point at the very last minute they appeared to have moved it because it was there was a date where it was supposed to pop up and I'm, for whatever reason i'm not entirely sure why but the new date that they have penciled in at the moment is apparently the 26th of january 2022 on disney plus i don't know why they've moved that but 
they have apparently so uh marvel's hit monkey if you went looking for it last week apologies that date doesn't seem to be right but it was at the time we were given it so um yeah Yeah. that's moved one of the other things which have popped up completely out of nowhere uh, a very solar holiday opposites special which was the christmas special they announced at the end of the last season that magically appeared on disney plus today so uh that is there now i think it's only 24 minutes long because they're not hugely long episodes although it's a special episode it's not like extended or anything but um that is up on disney plus for you to watch right now so uh, that is there i adore that show it's just hilariously funny so yeah i really like it that is up if you like solar opposites the christmas holiday special thing is up peacock launched last week as well although it's what sky are describing as a soft launch so it's got a limited amount of content there are a number of like the peacock originals which aren't even on there right now so it's got i don't know maybe added 30 box sets or something to it and a bunch of films so there wasn't a huge amount that it brought on they brought some of the peacock originals across but not all of them yet the plan is to ramp up the content as time goes on it's also interesting that they've not launched it as a separate app They've basically added it to either the catch-up system or the box set system. There is now a Peacock section. If you look either under catch-up or under box sets, there is a Peacock separate tab that's got all the Peacock shows in it. It's not being launched as a separate app, although I'm being told that that is something that they have in the works coming later. It is actually a free service in the US, so presumably when the app launches it will be a free ad-supported service in the UK as well. I don't know whether it's going to always be tied to the Sky and Now TV structure or whether it's going to be the app will be available freely. I'm not sure. The moment it is only a soft launch, so it is only available if you're part of the Sky or Now ecosystem, so it is available on those platforms but uh, i mean it's more free content so you know can't really complain too much <laughs> yeah uh, yeah no I, I saw a couple of things on there but i haven't like watched any of it yet but i saw some of the, like the peacock labels on there I saw something for uh downton abbey which was interesting yeah the whole of downton abbey is apparently um, going to be on yeah there. just be interesting when how, how they kind of organize it and everything yeah there has been a few box sets and a few things that are sort of premiered over here so uh, Rutherford Falls which is a Peacock original that's from uh, Mike Saw who was the guy that did The Good Place he's got a comedy on there so I've given that it's from him that's one that I want to check out mm. the Safe by the Bell reboot revival thingy that is also up on there on the Peacock as well there is a drama called The Village which was a one season thing that was cancelled but that is up there and Council of Dads which is a one season thing as well that's also up on Peacock and there are a bunch of other films and a few box sets and things so there are some of the peacock originals which aren't up on there there was this one called girls five ever which is supposed to be launching on there and that's a peacock original they haven't added that yet so it is as i say very much a soft launch there is more content coming over time they've just shoved a few things on there now to kind of launch it and it will grow but as i say it's free so you can't really complain too much the other thing is um which i can't remember whether i mentioned this last week because i can't remember which side of the me recording the podcast the news came out but uh, superman and lois has finally got a uk air date weirdly on bbc it's coming to BBC One. It's going out at 5.45 on Saturday, the 4th of December, they've said, although all the episodes are going to be dropping on iPlayer, so you'll be able to watch it as a box set from that time as well. Interesting pickup for them, and 
a slightly interesting time slot because I mean, that's sort of what I would call the traditional Doctor Who kind of time slot, or it's where they used to run Lois and Clark series. I think ran when they ran that back in the 90s, that was sort of around this time slot. And just make me wonder whether the person that did the scheduling had seen the show, because it's very much not Clark and Lois. It, it's very much a you know older teen drama, this show there was a lot of concern that there may be stuff cut out of it given that they're running at that time that is probably true of the airing on saturday there may be some stuff that they make cuts to although if it's all going on as a box set onto iplayer at that time as well the chances are that the iplayer ones won't be cut i would have thought and i think they've bought it primarily for iplayer because it's got a sort of it's very much in that bbc3 territory you know Um, look at the shows that they've picked up for bbc3 it feels more in that kind of area. And I think they bought it more for iPlayer, but they thought, what the hell, we'll run it out on Saturday night. So I suspect the iPlayer ones won't be cut. I don't know this for sure, but I suspect the iPlayer versions won't be cut. The ones that actually air live on TV possibly will be. But we'll see when it goes out. But 4th of December, they've said for that. Yeah, the DC shows continue to get spread all over the place. Uh, but it's a good pickup for BBC. Of course, I've questioned their promotional strategy in the past, both for their own shows and for other shows that they've got. I'm not going to get too much into that because I've mentioned it a dozen times. But um, I mean, it's a Superman show. You know, Superman's one of the biggest characters in the world. Yes. So you should probably be as loud as possible in telling people the fact that you've got a TV show based on him. Mm-hmm. So we will see how they handle it. But um, it's good that somebody at least has, has got it. I suppose that's good. And then when they get around to running season two hopefully they'll be able to air it relatively close to that so we'll see i hope so i hope that is the case for those of you worried about oh this is going to screw over any future crossovers i rather get the feeling that i think those arrowverse shows are done with full-blown crossovers because we have got one coming up, but it's not really a crossover. The entire thing is within the Flash. The Armageddon event thing is five episodes of the Flash, which brings in characters from other shows. It's not split across the various different shows. And I think that if they're going to do more of those events, I suspect that they will continue to do it in that way because partly it's a pain for them to shoot them. So there's that. Also, I think because in America, people are now watching both on the CW and on HBO Max because a lot of these shows air across both. So for their audience, it's also difficult because if they start to split it across shows, it makes things tricky for people that are watching them on different platforms over there. So I think they'll probably abandon the idea of splitting them across shows moving forward. Plus, I mean, there is a a distinct possibility that this is going to be the final season of The Flash anyway. We don't know that for certain. They haven't said either way, but Mm. it feels like they're getting to a point where maybe this will be the last season, in which case you've only really got Superman, Batwoman and Stargirl kind of running together. So there isn't really that much you could do in terms of crossover anyway what they've done with the flash is they've taken people from supergirl and black lightning which are already ended 
and put them into the opening of The Flash. That's the way they've handled it. So they're not having to juggle stealing characters off other shows and Mm. uh, doing it that way, which I think is an easier way for them to handle it because you're using characters that haven't got scheduled clashes and having to run backwards and forwards between stages and that sort of thing. I find it interesting how both now the TV and the film sections of DC have kind of stopped doing crossovers, apart from this Armageddon thing, which, like you said, is contained within The Flash. Because if you don't watch The Flash and you watch, let's say, Batwoman style, girl superman and legends or something you're not really getting a whole lot of crossover so i just find it interesting how both of them have kind of stopped doing yeah. uh bigger things like that so i wonder if that's something within dc or within warner brothers or if it's just a bit of a some sort of coincidence it's also a little weird because they made a big thing about hey we live in a multiverse so we can have all these different disparate things and at the same they time, done anything with it? Yeah, they haven't. They they've kind of well, they have sort of because they've said, "Hey, we live in a multiverse, so he's three different Batman." You know, <laughs> so right. they have sort of done something with it. They've just not done it in a way that we sort of expected, which I just find interesting. And you know, it's allowed them to do different versions of characters and stuff and maybe it does free them up a little bit more but yeah it is weird that they do seem to have stopped any form of crossover stuff to a certain extent it's funny how because like you said that how how they kind of said that we're in a multiverse which includes like everything so like titans joker film and all these other completely different things but they've not really used it in the way of an actual multiverse is supposed to be used. Whereas what Marvel seemed to be doing, especially with this kind of like Spider-Man stuff as well, mm-hmm. is how you're kind of supposed to do a multiverse. I don't know. DC is almost kind of doing a multiverse in a, a, a weird, confusing yeah. sort of way. But I mean, so. we've got to wait until the Flash movie comes out because I mean, that seems to be the one thing that is going to play around in that stuff. So yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens. For the moment though, uh, like I say, Superman and Lois, Saturday the 4th of December, that lands on... Uh, iPlayer and on BBC One it's going out on as well but the entire thing will be on iPlayer for you to watch there and that's probably the better place to go and watch it does mean we get it without breaks which is nice cool that's good. yeah good the other elephant in the room <laughs> mm. um, Star Trek Discovery two days before it was due to drop and everybody had assumed it was going to drop onto Netflix when it usually does which is the day after it runs out on Paramount Plus in the US we were all kind of assuming that but there were kind of murmurs because Netflix hadn't actually officially published a date so the week before I was starting to look at it going this is a bit weird they've not promoted it at all but that's not unheard of with Netflix sometimes they don't they just drop things Mm. and it was just a little bit odd I know we're starting to get questions of like do we know this is coming and I'm like I'm not sure and then two days before you know everybody assumed it was going to drop on Netflix Paramount Plus announced that it wasn't going to be dropping on Netflix. They'd taken it off there and it was going to go on to Paramount Plus globally. The only problem with that is Paramount Plus hasn't launched globally and doesn't until next year. So they're now launching Star Trek Discovery Season 4 and have basically screwed over the rest of the world outside of the US. 
So um, there was a statement from Paramount Plus that said, as we rapidly expand our global streaming footprint, we are bringing more of our top titles home to Viacom CBS for Paramount Plus markets around the world. We have a strong global and local content pipeline that positions us for success across our regions and repatriating beloved series like Star Trek Discovery for Paramount Plus is another step forward as we bring fans more much-watched series worldwide. Which all sounds great if you had a service to put it on, which mm-hmm. you don't. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, as far as I can tell, the reason and the timing of this, it looks like Paramount Plus is going to launch in early 2022. Now, this series of Star Trek Discovery, assuming it's 10, 13 episodes, which is what it usually is, means it will end, if it's 13 episodes, let's assume that, it will end in the middle of February, which means if Paramount Plus launches at some point, say, in January worldwide... That means you can drop the first half of the season on there and then run them out alongside the US up until the finale. I sort of get the executive's logic behind this because I think what their side of thinking is, yeah, I'm sure there are people that are now going to go and find other means to go and watch it, but they're likely to then also go and subscribe because of the fact that it's a lot easier than going to find it somewhere else. And there also seem to be implying that all the other Paramount Plus shows, i.e. all the other Star Treks, are going to end up back on Paramount Plus internationally. So they're probably going to end up subscribing anyway. So ultimately, even if people do and go watch it by other means, we've not lost anything because they're going to end up subscribing anyway. I think that's probably their logic, but it's not a good look and it does really upset the fans. So yeah, thoughts? (laughs) I couldn't believe how kind of last minute it was. That was because I was kind of at work. I was sort of checking Twitter and and that sort of thing because I'd seen something come up like on the way to work and I was like, hmm. That's weird. There's there's like these rumors that Star Trek isn't going to be coming out on Friday. I was like, no, that can't be right. It'll probably be out on Netflix on Friday and I'll I'll cover the first episode. Because uh, that, that that was the plan that I had. I mean, earlier in the week on like the Monday or Tuesday, I made the first four drafts for four episodes, and that was apparently a waste of time. But um, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of different variables to talk about here. Because obviously, you've got this issue where the season's launched in November for the US, and then we might not get it until early or mid February or something. And although you're right about the whole, okay, they'll just jump onto Paramount Plus in the end anyway, you still are missing something from the fact that because Paramount knows that, okay, yeah, we're not launching it internationally, whether it's, you know, launching the service earlier or putting the season onto Netflix or somewhere else, you know. Mm-hmm. They know that people on the Friday are going to go online and, and, and look for it elsewhere. They're probably very well aware of that. And they know that they've lost at least that audience kind of temporarily. And what I mean by temporarily is that in like a few months after that, people will obviously subscribe to Paramount Plus and then get the episodes like properly that way. Because I, I follow a few of the actors on Twitter and stuff, and he, even they were saying like, hey, sorry, we all thought it was kind of coming out on Friday. We weren't really aware. And yeah, cause obviously, cause obviously they want to promote the show that they're on. And, you know, it's a big, happy Star Trek family and all that kind of thing. 
you know, like, hey, this was kind of dropped on us last minute as well. We didn't know. And they wanted to promote the show that they're on. But there's no point in them doing that when the show that they're promoting, people can't watch it legally. Well, so it was a, a difficult thing for them as well, I yeah. suppose. The worst thing about that was there was the big Star Trek destination, which is the the huge UK Star Trek convention, mm-hmm. literally the week before. And all the actors were there going, hey, go and watch it on Netflix next week. You know, mm-hmm. they, they hadn't been told, which I mean, I've always said never, ever ask an actor about when a show airs because unless they happen to be an exact producer as well even then it's not true necessarily but the actors are always the last people to be told about air dates for TV shows they're always the worst people for being able to give you dates because not in the US but certainly internationally they have no clue I mean we had this with the Chucky series because we had the I think it was the creator of the show actually tweeted out hey it's coming to Sky next week and I'm looking at the listings going no it's not Um, I mean, it's coming to Sky, yes, but it's not coming to Sky next week. Chucky is now up on Sky, but this was sort of last month sometime. So although they might know who has bought it, they have no control over the international scheduling at all. In this particular case, they should have been given a heads up because, I mean, Viacom obviously knew that there was a huge convention coming and the showrunners knew there was a huge convention coming. So you would have thought that somebody at Viacom would have had the good graces to give somebody at the show some form of heads up to say, hey, by the way, it's going to go off Netflix. So don't push it on there. But... I mean, uh, yeah, it just the timing of this. I have less issue with them doing it because I understand them wanting the show back and I understand them wanting the show back when Paramount Plus launches because it would be weird to launch Paramount Plus and go, hey, come and get Paramount Plus. By the way, one of our biggest shows is actually airing on a rival streaming service. So I can get why they want to do it. Just the timing of it really is awful. Yeah, um, it was pretty bad timing and planning, definitely. Yeah, so um, it would have even been better if they could have said we are taking Star Trek Discovery back for Paramount Plus when it launches on this particular date, because at least that way people would have been gone. Okay, it's launching on January the whatever or February the whatever. That sucks, but at least we know when it's dropping. Because at the moment they still haven't actually announced a date for when Paramount Plus is going to launch internationally. We are assuming, and the rumour is that it will be January or maybe February, so sometimes very, very early on. It would make sense that it is before the end of Star Trek Discovery Season 4 finishes. Otherwise, why wouldn't you just leave it on Netflix internationally? You know, if you're going to leave it until March, that's really going to suck because then you've just screwed over a bunch of people for no particular reason. Mm. So what they should have done is tied the two things together and tied the announcement of the international launch to the fact that they'd moved Star Trek Discovery as well. If you're wondering what other shows this affects, as far as what we've been told at the moment, Picard and Lower Decks are both staying on Amazon for now, at least. My guess is because they currently have a deal in place and the next season of Picard has already been shot. And if Amazon have put money into the next season of Picard, then obviously they get to have it. So I assume that's the reason why, and I'm assuming that Lower Decks is tied up in that deal somehow so for now they've said that those are staying there uh, i i suspect they will move eventually but at the moment they're staying on amazon internationally 
Outside of the Star Trek shows, you have got things like The Good Fight and Why Women Kill and Evil, which are all shows which are on um, Paramount Plus over there. Good Fight as on More For and Why Women Kill as on Alibi. Wouldn't be surprised if both those end up going on to Paramount Plus instead. Evil is an interesting one because it started off on CBS and then got moved onto Paramount Plus. So I don't know what that means internationally with the contracts. Seal Team is the other one as well because that's also a CBS show that was then moved onto Paramount Plus in the US. I suspect that Sky will probably still get first run rights for that and then it maybe goes on to Paramount Plus for catch up but again we don't know about those shows but those are the ones to watch Why Men Win Kill The Good Fight Evil and Seal Team are the other potential ones that could be disrupted by the Paramount Plus launch with the moving if you know because as she said in that statement they are trying to move some of their exclusive series back onto the service in terms of all the Star Trek stuff that are upcoming like Strange New Worlds Weirdly, Strange New Worlds wasn't in the original press release. Star Trek Prodigy was, but Strange New Worlds wasn't. But I can't see them selling Strange New Worlds somewhere else if they're already going to bring Discovery back. Why would you then go and sell Strange New Worlds to an external service? So I would assume that Strange New Worlds is going to go out on Paramount Plus as well, because that would be ridiculous if they suddenly announced oh that's going to amazon that would be very weird so Mm. i would assume that all star trek series going forward are going to end up on paramount plus internationally as well what's funny is out of the two streaming services we had on the way peacock came out before paramount but paramount was the one that we kind of needed first yeah (laughs) because if paramount had a launched when peacock did which was before this happened then star trek would have probably Mm -hmm. come out on that week but obviously we got peacock first which has got nothing to do with uh star trek yeah for those of you wondering about where paramount is launching it's different to the peacock deal there is a deal in place with sky so if you're a sky cinema subscriber you will get paramount plus free at no additional cost along with your sky cinema subscription for some reason i think probably because there's quite a lot of movie back catalog in there they've tied it to the sky cinema subscription so if you've got sky cinema you will get paramount plus for free however the actual thing is going to be launched they are saying as a separate app as well so if you don't have sky cinema you will be able to subscribe to paramount plus as a separate thing it'll work i think as part of sky in the same way that netflix does so it's more like the netflix deal where you can pay for paramount plus through sky but you will also be able to subscribe outside of the sky ecosystem as well so it will be a completely independent app in the same way that netflix has its own independent app so yes it's an additional streaming service yes you are going to have to pay for it unless you're a sky cinema customer but it doesn't mean that you have to have sky to get it because i've seen that rumor flying around that isn't true they've done a deal with sky to have it as part of sky cinema but you don't have to have sky to be able to get paramount plus you can pay for that as a separate service Moving on to another streaming service, Disney Plus, they have made an announcement on the Star Wars Ahsoka series. Natasha Lou Bordizzo has been cast apparently as Sabine Wren in the Star Wars Ahsoka series. The Society is probably where people will know her for the Netflix series. She has been cast as a lead opposite Rosaria Dawson, who is playing, obviously, Ahsoka in the live-action series. She will be playing Sabine 
Wren, who of course is one of the characters from Star Wars Rebels. If you're trying to remember where we last saw Sabine, spoilers if you've not watched Rebels, but at the end of Rebels, it basically ends uh, up... I'll turn, my, I'll turn my volume down for a second. <laughs> at the end of Rebels, we see Ezra Bridger kind of disappears off into unknown space, <laughs> kind of whisked away by the Purgles, who are space whales, essentially, as a way of getting rid of um, Grand Admiral Thrawn, and Ahsoka and Sabine set off on a quest to try and go and find him and bring him back to them and to his home planet, essentially. That's where sort of things end. So it sort of makes sense that Sabine is going to be coming back into Ahsoka's story along the way. It does mean that we might get a live-action version of Ezra, and it also means we might get a live-action version of Thrawn, possibly, as well, which will be quite awesome. The Ahsoka series has been written by Dave Filoni as well, who, of course, is the mastermind behind Rebels and half the mastermind behind The Mandalorian as well, alongside John Favreau. And uh, Filoni and Favreau are also exec producers the Ahsoka series as well. She looks good for the role, I think. I like the character of Sabine. I think she's she's really awesome. She's a Mandalorian, of course, as well, so that sort of ties in, although uh, she's kind of far more arty. She was a graffiti artist as well and a sort of a former Academy dropout. And uh, I mean, she's a really interesting character, so I think that could work really, really well. And I think she's quite a good pick for it, definitely. Cool. So it's coming together quite nicely, all of this. Um, I like the idea of the Ahsoka series itself. I was quite impressed with uh, Rosario in that, uh, what was it, two episodes or so for, for The Mandalorian? One, yeah, one or two much. episodes that, that she was in. That was quite good. She was the she was like the Doctor character from Daredevil, wasn't she? The same actress, I'm pretty sure. So I, I quite like the roles that she's been in. Yeah. But um, good to see this kind of moving along. That's very, very good. Am I misremembering or is uh, Anakin in this or is that only in the Obi-Wan um, series? No, the I think it's been confirmed that Anakin will probably show up in this um, whether that's as uh, or rather Hayden Christensen will show up in this whether that yeah. is actually in as Anakin in some form of flashback or whether that's him doing Darth Vader we don't know but um, it would make sense that he pops up in this because of course you know he's a Soka's former Jedi master so it would make sense that he shows up as Vader or is Anakin in flashback in some way possibly in this okay that'll be cool yeah given the timeline actually given it's the Mandalorian Mandalorian is post return of the Jedi so presumably it will be either in flashback or as Anakin shown up as a force ghost or as I mean maybe it'll be flashback to him being Darth Vader or I mean we don't know because we don't know whether this is going to be there's there's nothing about the plot so we don't know whether this is going to be set before the Mandalorian and whether it's going to be the search for Ezra or whether it's going to be something after when we saw her in the Mandalorian we don't know at all where this is going to go so um, we'll have to wait and see exactly how he shows up but apparently Mm -hmm. he is supposed to be in it as well so yeah. um, um, I'm pretty looking forward to all these live because we've got the Boba Fett then we've got Mandalorian season 3 Ahsoka Obi-Wan Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm looking forward to all of them and I like the way that they've set them up as well like you had essentially a backdoor pilot yeah. in the Mandalorian for Ahsoka uh, especially for those that weren't familiar with her from uh, Clone Wars as well which I have seen some of that show so I was already kind of familiar with her but it was a great way to introduce her in live action and the way that they've kind of spun that off was really good 
looking forward to that. This will probably come... Ahsoka doesn't begin filming until March 2022, uh, but the earliest, they've said. So we've got Boba Fett coming next, then we've got Mandalorian Season 3, then I think it's Obi-Wan, then I think this will be the one after that. Okay. This, this will probably... It could be 2023 before we actually get this, given that they're not shooting until March, and there'll be a lot of post-work to do on it. So, I mean, it may be that you'll get this Christmas 2022, but I think it's more likely to be a 2023 series, mm-hmm. I would have thought. Do you know if they've had any, like, slowdown on The Mandalorian? Because Pedro's in The Last of Us, because he's been filming that regularly, hasn't he? Not that I'm aware. I think they scheduled it around. So as far as... I mean, the, the thing with Pedro being in The Mandalorian is he doesn't kind of need to be there all the time, because there are, like, yeah, four yeah. people in that Mandalorian suit, so they could shoot half of it without him. Because, I mean, you know, he, he can go in and do the voice work for it, but half the time it isn't him in that suit. I mean, you know, it's important that he's there and, you know, there are certain there are mannerisms in the way he does things. But I mean, all the action stuff, it's three different stuntmen that do that sort of stuff or two yeah, stuntmen that stand in. So, you know, I'm not taking away anything from his performance, but it is a shared performance that between a bunch of different people. So, I mean, you could film an awful lot of that and then just get him to do the voice work afterwards. So I don't think it necessarily is going to be a huge issue, him not being on set all the time. They can shoot around it. So I, I don't think there's been any slowdown from it. I believe that, yeah, we're getting Boba Fett next. And I think the Mandalorian season three was the one plan the next Star Wars planned after that I think is the way that around they do it I could be wrong maybe Obi-Wan's before then but we'll see I think that was the way that it was planned anyway so cool. uh, either way there's a lot of decent Star Wars stuff coming to yeah. Out for, yeah. which is I've great. still got the Vision show to watch as well yeah I've, uh, it was fine I, I've watched <laughs> a few of those they're okay I've got I've, I've watched three or four of them but I I will go and watch some more I think but I'm not hugely into anime it works not really my sort of thing they were interesting but it's not really canon stuff and I'm far more interested in live action or the yeah, you know, yeah. more animated things because I mean there'll be another season of uh, the Bad Batch as well coming as well yeah there's that so that's all the news we've got for you this week just some highlights for next week on TV <laughs> So, highlights for next week. We kick off again with Disney Plus and uh, it's Hawkeye, the weirdly Christmassy Hawkeye TV series, which I'm very much looking forward to. I was one of those things that was like, Hawkeye, fine. And then I saw the trailer and was like, oh, this is interesting. It's a bit diehard in terms of its Christmassiness, which I rather uh-huh. like. So, that's obviously Jeremy Renner back as uh, Hawkeye and um, with Kate Bishop. And this looks like it's going to be really good fun. So, uh, that's 24th of November that lands on Disney Plus and I'm very much looking forward to that Hannah season 3 which is the final season of Hannah that is coming to Amazon Prime on the 24th as well that's been a great series and I'm glad that they're they're sort of wrapping that how they want to wrap it so that is coming back for the third season that's Hannah on the 24th of November The Outpost also on the 24th of November that's the fourth season of that coming to Sci-Fi UK that's at 9pm 25th of November we have The Beatles Get Back which is this six hour docu-series it's actually dropping 25th 26th and 27th so they're dropping two hours at a time each night it's thanksgiving Mm. this week over in the u.s so they're sort of dropping it over thanksgiving weekend that's a six-hour documentary series if you're a beatles fan it's a must watch thing because there's a load of really interesting behind the scenes stuff it's all being digitally cleaned up and all that sort of stuff so i think that's going to be fascinating if you're a fan of the beatles 
Also on the 25th of November over on Netflix, we have the fifth and final season of F is for Family. And uh, the 27th at 3.25 a.m. in the morning... Allegedly, we have the 100 season seven. I, this is about the fifth time I've announced this. Um, yeah, they have been saying no, this is staying. They have been promising that this is definitely, definitely where it will air. So it's no longer on Four Music. It's now on E4. They decided to move it back onto E4, which is good news because it means that it should actually be in high def rather than in being in standard def, which it would have been if it been on Four Music. So it's back on E4. They're running it out at 3.25 a.m. in the morning. I, they're obviously not expecting people to watch that live. They're expecting people to record it. They're running it out nightly, I think, as well. So it will run through probably this side of Christmas. Jeez. But um, we're up there. Hopefully that means it will be up on um, the uh, for catch-up thing as well. So it will be up on that. But uh, E4, 27th of November, 3.25 in the morning. You should be able to find that up on your planner and get it to record, I hope. I mean, who knows whether they did say that this was going to be it, but I mean, if it moves again, do not be surprised. I certainly wouldn't be. Over on Sky Atlantic, you have American Rust, which is starting on the 28th of November. That's a new Jeff Daniels series. It's a sort of family drama which follows a uh, compromised police chief in a Rust Belt town of southwest Pennsylvania. So that looks like it's going to be a good, solid HBO type drama. That's American Rust. That's on the 28th of November at 10.05 on Sky Atlantic. And then the fifth and final season of Private Eyes, the Jason Priestley procedural dramedy series, that is uh, coming to Sky Witness on the 30th of November at 9pm on Sky Witness. That is everything we have for you this week. If they want to find more of you, Matt, where can they find you? You can find me over on entertainmenttalk.org. Mainly TV, video games, films and main night podcasts. We're getting towards the end of uh, World Beyond. A couple of film reviews I've done recently. Eternals, I really enjoyed that. There were some really big developments over at Man United. The manager was sacked because we kept losing games. Yes. Uh, and they've now got the assistant manager in charge because apparently we haven't planned an actual replacement. <laughs> um, so, which is supposed to happen a few days after, but it's apparently been about a month of looking. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, hey, different manager for, for tomorrow's game, actually, which is the, the Villarreal game. So there was lots and lots of things to talk about with that as well. Uh, he did a uh, like farewell interview where he got a bit emotional, but he was a great guy. There was nothing wrong with him as a person. He just wasn't quite good enough at the job, unfortunately. So we move on from that. But uh, lots of things discussed uh, for all those different things on uh, entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitch, I've now got somewhat of an actual schedule. Uh, 11.45 p.m. on Thursdays, I do my own uh, pair coach mode so if you want to see what I would do with the Man United team you can find those uh, the first two episodes uh, which I've already dreamed live those are on YouTube uh, you can find those over on Entertainment Talk Plays on uh, on YouTube so that's pretty much my stuff excellent so uh, go and find Matt over there Bex of course who uh, is sometimes involved in the show although she she did message me earlier to say that she's looks like she's freeing up so I might actually be able to get her back on the podcast fairly soon but um, she is over on twitch.tv forward slash 
slash Trista Bites. That's B-Y-T-E-S. And she's streaming daily and uh, various evenings. Lots of fun stuff going on over there of uh, you know retro games and just chatting and all sorts of things. So go and check out Bex over there. She will hopefully be back on now fairly soon. And Daryl, of course, you can go and find at HollywoodNorthNews.net for all those TV series that you love, which are shot in Canada. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post, find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. Goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.